Well, hi there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 74 of the Finger Guns Podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? I'm joined by Mr. Greg Hicks. Hadley ho, neighborino. Hadley ho, stranger. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Good. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of new and inventive ways to introduce myself, and that's the oh. best I can come up with is ripping off another property. <laughs> I like it. That's what we all do. That's fine. True. How's, uh, how's life in Greg world? Yeah, same. Well, still saving lives and all that. I'm not. I'm just turning up for work. <laughs> just being a hero every day. Yeah, you know yeah. how it is. <laughs> yeah. Save your claps. Just give me a pair of eyes. <laughs> oh, I was going to applaud you, but I'm not going to now. I'll give you a five minute step. <laughs> how about that? Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Paul Collett. How do, dude? How do the dude with you? <laughs> the dude does do good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been a long day. A long day, but you're feeling good, feeling positive. Feeling good, feeling positive, ready to go. Absolutely, 1,000%. I like it, mate. I like it. Yeah, I know. It just takes me a little cup of coffee and I'm, I'm, I'm good. I understand. Yeah. Um, who else is feeling hyped? Toby Anderson? Always. Always. You know yeah. me. Totally hyped all the time. Never, never a dull moment. Bosh, let's go. Let's go. Indeed. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm good too. I'm good too. Fabulous. And finally, returning to the Finger Guns podcast, Mr. Sean Davies. I'm really looking forward to bringing a dump and a down on everybody's spirits. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, do you want to have another week off just to cheer the fuck up? <laughs> Can we uh, confirm to the audience that your internet is now stable and all good? Well, we'll see, won't we? If I disappear halfway through this podcast, we know it wasn't. <laughs> Are you good otherwise? Otherwise, yes. I'm running on a few hours of sleep. I stayed up to watch wrestling last night because I'm stupid. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, I'm all good. Let's, let's do a podcast. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm really good. Awesome. Really good. I watched uh, the first three episodes of The Boys, season two, yesterday, and it's, uh, it's great. It's just as awesome as ever, so very happy. Have you watched Cobra Kai? No, it looks awful. No, <laughs> so good. What do you Get mean? on it. I'm sorry, it looks fucking terrible. It's what's great. It, what's it, what's it based really on? <laughs> Is that a Jackie Chan film? Yes, the old Jackie Chan film. Yeah, the old yeah. Jackie Chan film. This is the YouTube series that's now on Netflix, right? City Hunter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I th- maybe I'll give it a go, but... Oh, it's really good, dude. Okay. okay. Netflix, Netflix have picked it up and are going to do a, a third season. And you can see the budget, like, skyrocketed for the second <laughs> season. Um, but yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. All right. Advisable. All right, okay. Well, I'll tell you what, let's talk about video games. And we're going to go with our Game of the Week this week. So... I'll start from the top. Mr. Grey Kicks, what is your game of the week? My game of the week, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's a little title called Sekiro. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Sekiro's banned. Sekiro's banned from this game of the week. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> try again, try again. <laughs> I just want to get a collective... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but on a side note, I did finish that again in the space of three days. Um, no, my game of the week is a little indie game called Police Stories. It's been out on the Switch and Steam, I think, for a little bit, and it's come out on the PlayStation recently. Uh, I am reviewing it, but it's not under embargo, so I can talk about it. It looks like Hotline Miami, which I saw the trailer. I saw about five seconds, and I was like, "That's more out my street. I want that." I started playing it. It's. I don't think this is possible. But it's actually harder than Hotline Miami. Because you can't, like, Hotline Miami Yikes. is, I know, Hotline Miami is like, the, the, if Hotline Miami is the yin where you go in and you, the, the emphasis is on quick combos and you know, racking up points and that kind of thing, Police Stories is the yang, so you've got to, did anyone ever play SWAT? 
on the PC, like the first person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that before that was Police Quest. And it sort of borrows heavily from those, like the sort of RTS style of it. So it's top down, it's you and your partner, and you uh, you can like kick in doors or open doors normally. And yeah, you can shoot um, people brandishing guns at you, stuff like that. And you can arrest hostages, um, obviously to stop them from legging it or pulling a gun on you. But the emphasis is to try and like get people to drop their guns. You get more points if you get them to surrender by like firing near them and or running up and like hitting them once to drop their guns and arresting them or like flashbang in a room. But much like Hotline Miami, if you get shot, you know, a couple of times, you're dead. And you have to restart the entire level. But it's set in the US, right? And police yeah, yeah. and you're not shooting people. You, that seems yep. odd. <laughs> We're not a political um <laughs> we're not a political <laughs> podcast though. No. The the emphasis is to try not to shoot people. I think you have to shout he had a gun and it justifies it, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming right for me. Bam bam bam. Yeah, so I've been playing that. It's it's tough as balls though. Uh and it's got a weird point system where you think you've done a mission quite well and you could be like a thousand points less to unlock the next level. So you've got to go back through and get a better grade. So yeah, I've been been tucking into that really. That's my my game of the week. It it plays a bit like, let's say, a bit like Hotline Miami, a bit like that um, Hong Kong Massacre, which was more like, oh yeah, top, yeah, it was like a top down sort of John Woo style game. Cool. It hot, uh, Hong Kong Massacre is good as well, but yeah, Police Stories. It's going to get a hearty recommendation from me. My review will be up this week, but yeah, it's really knocked me for six in terms of difficulty in in, in the type of game it is. It's, it is a tactical Hotline Miami, so yeah, I had to throw away every notion of that game to play. Something similar, but not. Mm. But hey, you've beaten Sekiro twice and got the platinum. So I've beaten Sekiro four times. You've beaten Sekiro four times and got the platinum. Yeah. So and I'm just about to uh, start my fifth playthrough on it. I'm going to cut that out and just keep the actual correct one in there. Don't sass me and then cut <laughs> it out. <laughs> well, good luck with your ongoing police story adventure. Uh, Mr. Paul Collett, what is your game of the week, sir? My game of the week is... Uh, absolutely no shot whatsoever and it's Ghost of Tsushima mm-hmm. uh, still going through it I'm still um, struggling to continue with the story simply because I have to get all the little question marks out of the way first so and that's kind of like it's my own fault but it's kind of like ruining the experience a little bit for me because you're just doing the same things over and over again but I can't have random question marks on the map I just can't do it it kind of, you know send me an edge um, so I'm still, uh, yeah, just powering through that, really. Great. Um, <laughs> I know I, I know. there's a game which might have been your game of the week, but it's still under embargo. I know. We can't talk yeah, about it. I can't wait till next week. We're gonna yeah, get... I'm, um, I'm excited for this game. I really am. So uh, that doesn't happen very often. So, you know, it's all good. We're going to get into it next week. I can't wait. Yes. Uh, Mr. Toby Anderson, your game of the week, sir, of all the 50,000 games that you've been given this week. Yeah, I've had a busy gaming week, um, but yeah, if I had to pick one, I'll pick the one that I'm actually allowed to talk about because um, it's out. So the Coma 2 Vicious Sisters, um, this little 2D horror adventure game made in Korea. Um, I wasn't really expecting too much from it, to be honest. Um, it's It looks a bit like a sort of, you know, Asian cinema, scary audition type sort of thing. Um, the grudge, that kind of that kind of aesthetic, and you wander around a school and a police station and a few other things in a sort of two D Metroidvania style. Um, but when I got started on it, it's actually really good. It's got a good, um, good scary feel, good tone to it. Lots of Resident Evil style gameplay, like the sort of find key cards and make items out of things that you've found around so that you can get past the next bit. Um, there's no weapons, so you're very much 
um, what's the word? You're defenseless, basically, um, against these uh, these weird alien, you know, nightmarish creatures. Um, but yeah, it was a good it was a good little game. Um, short, sweet, but good. My review was up today when we're recording this, so Sunday. Um, so check it out on the site if uh, if it if it sounds like your kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Good stuff. Nice. It looks like the exact opposite of my kind of thing. But, yeah, it probably uh, is, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> but I, yeah, I really enjoyed the review. I remember seeing the screenshots of when um, the code arrived, which were, yeah, it looks, oh, yep, that ain't my thing. But it looks, the art style was really interesting. Yeah, I like the art. I think it helped could... give it to me first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, can take, I can take some horror ones sometimes. I'm quite happy with uh, a, oh, a scary game. I like them. Oh, good. Nice. And finally, Mr. Sean Davies. Your game of the week, sir. Unsurprisingly, my game of the week is Lower the Clockwork God. Um, no way. Is, I know, <laughs> no. Um, in case you've been living under a rock, my, my review for Lower the Clockwork God came out. Uh, I gave it a very rare 10 out of 10. Uh, it's not the most perfect game ever, but it is the most appropriate feeling game for a lockdown I have ever um, experienced. Throughout this entire period, I've, I've never felt anything as pleasurable to play as this game. It's been out on PC for ages. It's, it's on discount on Steam right now. So should you want to go and get it, I think it's 30% off on Steam. Uh, but it's also available on Xbox One and Nintendo Switch now. It's, it's half a point-and-click adventure, and it's half a platformer. And they shouldn't work together, but they do. And they, they, the blend of gameplay works really well. Dan is a he wants to be an indie platformer like an indie darling platformer like he takes basically the entire game is ribbing on the fact that that these genres take themselves so seriously and you've got like like games like gris where you're walking along things and picking up collectibles and there's like some kind of artistic meaning there that like the whole game kind of questions going is it really though is this really you know would the world really be saved by picking up these white floaty balls around an, an area? Um, and the, the other half of the game is really dry, uh, LucasArts style point and click uh, by Ben, who will not run or jump because if he does, he, he, he decided that he's going to become a platformer if he does so. So Dan has to carry Ben around to do those things. It's a brilliant puzzle game and uh, it's one of the best games I've played this year. It's definitely going to be. Um, one of my game of the year games this year and uh, if you've not played it I highly encourage you to do so and that was my game of the week fantastic um, I was really looking forward to getting into it this weekend uh, but yeah the switch left the house so unfortunately no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, I have it back now though so this week is my layer of the top of god week I'd, I'd like, like to think that Rachel just left and about two seconds you went oh Bollocks. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. I went to sit down in the um in the, the living room. I was like, right, time for ah oh, fuck. You could have <laughs> done that thing, that thing in movies where you run after going, Rachel, Rachel, she stops. You're just like <laughs> switch. <Yeah. laughs> Bye. It's not, it's not some romantic thing, it's just I need my switch back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go. Yoink. Now you can go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never mind. It's all right, I've got a banner. We'll be okay from here. And um, Rachel, presumably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my game of the week. My game of the week is uh, Party Hard 2. Yeah. Uh, which is due for release uh, this week on PS4. I'm playing it on PS4. 
um, no embargo, so I can sort of wax lyrical about it a little bit. It's one of those games that's already out on PC and has been for a while. It might as well have been called Party Hard 2 Party Harder. I really don't understand why I didn't call it that, to be honest. Uh, it's essentially, if you know what the original Party Hard is, it's a, a top-down kind of tactical game where you have to kill essentially everyone inside of a party that's happening. Um, it's essentially that again, but with kind of shiny graphics and with some cool traps and elaborate levels. And uh, I'm having a good time with it. It's exactly what I thought it was going to be. and It's living up to my expectations thus far. My review will be up this week, along with my review for Spinch. Uh, right then, that was our games of the week. It is time for... I've got to do a thing, haven't I? Um, carry on my wayward Sean. There'll be peace when you are Sean. Lay your shawny head to rest. Don't you Sean no more. Dun, 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 dun. So my internet could, could you repeat could, could you repeat that? I couldn't hear it. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I've forgotten the words already. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So a couple of weeks ago we put out oh sorry, this is the quiz. Um Oh yeah, if you if you've never heard us before, yeah, that made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> um there is usually like a jingle, but now Russ is just like freewheeling it. It's great. Uh, this is a trivia challenge. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I put a, a poll up on Twitter. And to a surprise to pretty much everybody, Sonic the Hedgehog won. So this is a quiz all about Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, got to go fast. So biased much? In a, in a Nintendo-based podcast. Yeah, well, you know, Aye. biased. You know, we'll just balance it out. And all right, Thanos. Jesus. Anyway... The, uh, the biggest Sonic fan ever on the podcast, you know, just saying. Oh, is my name Alexis Perez? Well, behind her, maybe. Then. Quite. <laughs> What's the Sonic? What's a hedgehog? Oh, you probably don't get animals in London, do you? No. <laughs> okay, if you've never done this quiz before, I'm going to ask 10 questions now. Towards the end of the podcast, we'll get the answers, and then we'll see who wins. And you can tell us if you beat any of them. I've also got a tiebreaker, so we will have a winner today. And I figured out a way of doing it that's fair. Okay? Okay. So, question one. Who stars as Dr. Robotnik slash Eggman in the 2020 live-action Sonic movie? That's easy one to start you off. The last good thing that ever happened. Exactly. The cause of COVID. (laughs) No, the release of Animal Crossing was the cause of COVID. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was all a ploy by Nintendo. Sonic was a few weeks before that. Bless him. Okay, question one. Who stars as Dr. Robotnik slash Eggman in the 2020 live-action Sonic movie? Because I'm the Eggman. Okay, question two. Which two Sonic the Hedgehog games were originally planned to be one game, but had to be split and released separately due to time constraints? Question two, which two Sonic the Hedgehog games were originally planned to be one game, but had to be split and released separately due to time constraints? Okay. Question three. Rouge, the anti-heroine from the Sonic the Hedgehog series, is what kind of animal? There's the one Toby Fury question. (laughs) <laughs> I was trying to work out what, which one Rouge is in my head. 
I almost told you then. Is she the pink one? Or That's Amy. That. That's Amy. Fuck. Okay. Um I mean, I don't know. No <laughs> <laughs> yeah, question three. At least I'm thinking of the right one in my head now. Question three. Rouge, the anti heroine from the Sonic the Hedgehog series is what kind oh, yeah, of anti heroine, yeah. Okay. I know who we're talking about now. I didn't hear that. I was thinking just the girls in the series. Okie dokie. Question four. Which game is both the worst reviewed and worst selling Sonic console title to date? Well, it could be so many of them. <laughs> right, it came out on the console. <laughs> oh, there you go. Perfect help. I mean... It was in the question, but I, I guess all of you missed it. So question four, which game is both the worst reviewed and worst selling Sonic console title to date? Yeah, that could be one of many. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, if, this, <laughs> if one does not immediately jump out at you. Yeah, I know. Then... It's, I've got one. <laughs> I know which one it is, but I don't know what the name is. It involves something that probably breaks the Geneva Convention. Yes, that's exactly it. But I can't think <laughs> of the name of it. I'm I'm going between two at the moment. I'm not sure. Mm. I think it's going to be a trick question. Well, not a trick question, but it's not the really obvious one that I think it is. Okay. Uh, question five. Sonic the Hedgehog's best pal is best known as Tails, but what is the Flying Fox's real name? What? <laughs> Tails. Oh, no, you don't know this one. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't what? think I'm going to oh. get that. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Bitch, please. Okay, question. You're going to kick, you're going to kick yourself when you find I out. I might know it and just not know it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Dang. Uh, so, question five. Sonic the Hedgehog's best pal is better, best known as Tails. But what is the Flying Fox's real name? Okay. Question six. What did Sega brand the day on which Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was released? Was it Super Sonic Saturday, Tails Thursday, or Sonic Tuesday? Ah, if that's not the answer, that's brilliant, Sean. <laughs> I'm assuming you made that up, if that's not the answer. One of those answers does sound like a wrestling event, though. Can we have that again, please? Yeah. Question six. What did Sega brand the day on which the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was released? Was it Super Sonic Saturday, Tails Thursday, or Sonic Tuesday? Genius. Imagine being in marketing coming up with that stuff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But for me, okay. it was just a Sonic Tuesday. <laughs> That's a reference to the terrible film. Street Fighter. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> uh, question seven. In Sonic Unleashed, what does Sonic become when he is blasted with Dr. Robotnik's Chaos Emerald powered laser? Oh, um, fucking a, a misnomer is what it becomes. Roadkill? <laughs> <laughs> Question seven in Sonic Unleashed: What does Sonic become when he when he's blasted with Doctor Robotnik's Chaos Emerald 
powered laser. Coming quickly apparent, I know nothing about Sonic the Hedgehog. But you're old, you should know about Sonic the Hedgehog. Don't fall for it, Greg. Don't fall for it. You know what he's yeah, like. <laughs> There's a very reason why I am old, is why I don't know much about it. That's the trouble, you see. Oh, Alzheimer's, right. Yes. <laughs> okay, uh, question eight. In the 1999 Sonic Underground animated series, Sonic is part of a band with his brother Manic and sister Sonia. What instrument did Sonic play? Wow, that's a deep cut. Yeah. Oh. This is this is one of my kids. I know his brother plays. Show. Can we have that question instead? No. <laughs> no. Question eight: In the 1999 Sonic Underground animated series, Sonic is part of a band with his brother Manic and sister Sonia. What instrument did Sonic play? Okay, question nine. In what year was the original Sonic the Hedgehog released on the Mega Drive or slash Genesis? Was it 1989, 1991, or 1995? Hmm. Question nine. In what year was the original Sonic the Hedgehog released on the Mega Drive slash Genesis? Was it 1989, 1991, or 1995? And finally, question 10. Which of these Sonic the Hedgehog spin-off games was released first? Was it Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Sonic the Hedgehog Spinball, or Sonic Eraser? What? Sonic Eraser? Yeah, Sonic Eraser. Is that like a spin-off of the Honest Woodstock movie as well? Yeah, Sonic gets this really cool gun <laughs> that can shoot. Um, oh, fuck, what are they called? Like a Vulcan cannon. Oh, I can't remember what the weapon's called. Oh, what's... Toby, help me out. What does Fortune <laughs> have in Metal Gear Solid 2? Like a rail gun. gun. That's the one. Yeah, okay. No. Can, you, can you cut that bit out? Because that was retarded. <laughs> 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 okay, question 10. Which of these Sonic the Hedgehog spin-off games was released first? Was it Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bee Machine, Sonic the Hedgehog Spinball, or Sonic Eraser? And that was all 10 questions. Woo! Man. I think I did all right on that one. Yeah, I, I got know, some. I know more sure. about Sonic than I thought I did. So that was the quiz. Thank you very much, Sean. Pleasure as always. Stick around to the end of the podcast to find out the answers. I think I've done all right on this one. We shall see. Nice. Right. Now, time for a brand new segment. It's called... Right, this is where we shoot through the week's news and then get into a big topic afterwards. So, bear with me. This is the first time it's happening and I'm reading it right off an autocue. <laughs> so, here we go. The biggest news of the week, obviously... There's going to be a Shenmue anime. Shenmue, the animation, is a collaboration between Crunchyroll and Adult Swim, and is based on Sega's co-classic 1999 Dreamcast game. Crunchyroll is said to expect a 13-episode series with animation from Telecom Animation Film, and is produced by Shenmue creator Yu Suzuki. Very exciting. 
The Witcher 3 is coming to next-gen consoles and will be free to all current owners of the game on PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. This next-generation version will boast ray tracing and faster load times and come with both expansions and all extra content included. There's no word yet on when it might release, but it will also be available to purchase separately for PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X when the time comes. Immortals Phoenix Rising is the new name for Ubisoft's Gods and Monsters and will potentially arrive on the 3rd of December of this year. The release date comes from a now-deleted Microsoft Store listing for the game and will be officially re-announced during this week's Ubisoft Forward event on September 10th. Harmonic's brand new music mixing game Fuser will land on Xbox One, PS4, Nintendo Switch and PC on November 10th. Fuser, which is labelled as a non-stop digital music festival, is an evolution of the Harmonic's card game drum mix, giving players access to 100 songs that can be mixed from different set lists that are broken down into drum, bass, lead instrument and vocal parts, and these can be played into available slots, with players being able to create their own loops. I can't wait for this. Fun Selector's rather lovely looking top-down off-roader Art of Rally is coming to Steam and GOG on September 23rd. The game looks gorgeous and we can't wait to play the final product. And finally, Iron Land's beautiful delivery driving neo-noir adventure Cloudpunk is coming to Xbox One, Switch, PS4 on October 15th. The console versions will feature third and first person modes added after release on the original PC version. This is another title we're really excited about and you can read our review of the PC version on fingerguns.net. And that, my friends, was Right then, but the biggest news of the week, of course, was the Super Mario 35th anniversary reveals from Nintendo, and bloody hell, there's quite a few of them, so I'm going to rattle through them now. Uh, first off, we had Super Mario 3D World uh, coming to Nintendo Switch on the 12th of February, and also coming with a new gameplay mode called Bowser's Fury, which we know nothing about yet. Um, it's only been announced in that uh, direct, but yeah, no news on that one just yet. They've also revealed Super Mario Brothers 35, where you play against 35 other people to become the last plumber standing. It's essentially the original Super Mario Brothers, but in a battle royale kind of thing. And it looks very similar to Tetris 99 in that sense, but yeah, there's not a lot of information on that yet. It looks very, very strange. <laughs> but hey, it's Nintendo, so what do you expect? Um, there's a brand new Game & Watch coming out, which has got Super Mario Brothers built in. For £50, I believe, coming out on November 13th, this device will let you play the original Super Mario Brothers and will also act as an alarm clock, among other things. Result. And the biggest news, of course, is that there's Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which is coming out, which, which includes Super Mario 64, Super Mario Galaxy, and Super Mario Sunshine, which is coming out as a re-release for the first time. Very, very exciting stuff. They're all coming in a bundle, and they're going to be £50 to buy on September the 18th. What is interesting about all this is Super Mario Bros. 35 and Super Mario 3D All-Stars will only be available until March next year. Once that comes around, they'll both be removed from the Nintendo eShop. Finally, there's a brand new Mario Kart coming to Nintendo Switch called Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, which is augmented reality Mario Kart. I don't know how to explain it. It's Nintendo Switch played. You can play it on Nintendo Switch, is what I meant. But it, you play it with figures that drive around your living room. And, but you control it via a camera on top of one of these figures. And they're coming out at £100 each. And yeah, that's the thing. I don't know how to explain it. Just go and find the trailer. That's the best advice I can give you. Go and find the trailer to understand what this is. Now, whew, I'm going to stop talking for a minute because I've been talking for a long time. What is everyone's uh, biggest takeaway from Nintendo, from uh, the Super Mario stuff? Uh, Greg? Charging 50 quid for this game and watching 100 quid per bloody Mario Kart character. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Nintendo! <laughs> I quite like the 3D All-Stars um, edition because I've never actually played Galaxy. 
and I only briefly played Sunshine on the Cube. Um, I mean, Mario 64 is a timeless classic. So, you know, I'm like remasters and I have been neglecting my, I haven't touched my Switch in like a week and a half. So I might actually, um, might get into that. But yeah, the other stuff, I, I, I want a game and watch for the sake of collecting it. But A, I'm not going to play it. And B, it's just, it's 50 quid. I don't need to spend on something. But mm-hmm. part of me really wants it. <laughs> um, what do you make of uh, Mario Kart Live? Yeah, it looks quite cool that it makes procedurally generated tracks based on your layout but it's going to be really annoying if you like because of course in these adverts they've always got really big houses and really big spacious rooms and stuff but and obviously it's on laminate flooring which is gonna make a nice flat track but if you've got like uh, loads of like furniture and animals in the way is that gonna uh, is that gonna mess up the generation like the procedural generation side of things Mm. who knows but 100 quid a pop i don't want to take that chance (laughs) yeah it looks like you're gonna need a that's a hundred quid for one character. I mean, I, I presume yeah. it generates the other races in AR as well for you. Uh, yes, I mean, for hundred pound, oh, you're paying for the game and for one of the Mario or Luigi figures. So if you've got a mate over who wants to play against you, they've got to bring their own one, or you've got to fork out hundred quid for them to play two player with you. Oh, and another Switch, I presume. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an experiment. Six hundred quid, cheap night. <laughs> but but can you play online? Is the question. So if you go. I'm hosting one. Here's the track I made out of my bedroom. Could people join in and play? Oh, no, because they have to... Oh, so that other people can then no. see you into your bedroom. Yeah, but then they'd have to race their car around. No, that wouldn't work. That's weird. Yeah. I, I don't even know what's under my bed, so I don't want to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, so many questions. But yeah, it does seem like... Not that was under my bed, no. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> Do not care for that. Good. Um, cool. Uh, Toby? Anything from um... that list that you're... I know you haven't got a Switch, but anything that you're super kind of interested yeah, in checking out? I've, I've liked a lot of these games in the past, though. Super Mario 3D All-Stars looks great. I totally agree. Super Mario 64 is a classic. Super Mario Sunshine is essentially my favorite one there ever was. And Galaxy, I never played either. Um, but I'd really, I'd really get definitely get into that one if I, got, if I had a Switch. There's another one, isn't there? There's another Super Mario All-Stars, which is a whole load of the 2D originals as well from like the 80s and 90s. Um, uh, yes, that's available. On... Oh, that's the old All-Stars that was on the SNES. That's coming on yeah. the SNES virtual console. Yeah, that's yeah, on All Stars, but they keep using the name All Stars all the time. Mm, yes, yeah, yeah, that's on Switch Online right now. If you have Switch cool. Online, you can download it. Which is it weird now. because you can play the NES versions on the NES Virtual Console on the Switch, or you can download the SNES updated All Stars version. Yeah, yeah, choice. Um, huh. And yeah, I, I mean the same thing with that um, strange Mario Kart. But Super Mario Thirty Five sounds really, really odd. Um, not my kind of game at all. Uh, and I would say that the Game and Watch, I absolutely love Game and Watch. I had. A, one of the original ones, one of the ones where you saved these people jumping out of a building. Um, I absolutely loved that little tiny little console that only played that one little calculator-looking game. Um, so a little game and watch that plays the whole of Mario, that's really, really cool. I like it. I want one. Awesome. Uh, Paul Collett. Yes, Squire. What's your takeaway from the uh, Mario goodness? Anything there that floats your bubble? Well, yeah, loads of it. Well, yeah, pretty much all of it, apart from Mario Kart thing. I mean, I, I really want the Game of Watch. I have an original Donkey Kong 2 Game of Watch sitting in my room right now, and it's a thing of beauty. No one can ever touch it. Um, so get this new one, you know, I can put it next to it and say, don't touch the original, but hey, play this new one. 
<laughs> so yeah, I'm really excited for it. I think it's a great idea. It looks great. It's got the same colour schemes as the originals, and it just it just looks it looks great. And I want it. Super Mario uh, All Stars thing, yeah, great. I love uh, Super Mario Sunshine. So underrated. So that needs to get a bit more a bit more love. And as a Galaxy, the Galaxy was fantastic as well. I really enjoyed yep. Galaxy. So um, yeah, they're all great games. Uh, the Mario Kart thing that's never going to work ever, but it's a thing that Nintendo like doing. I mean, they done Labo, didn't they, once upon a time? Where's that gone? Do you know what I mean? So, Yeah, Labo is currently being sold in game for £10. Exactly. So, you know, with... it was a fun experiment, but, you know, it didn't work. Was that all the cardboard gaming? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, People probably broken and bent them and all that kind of stuff, and it's, that's it. That's the end well, of I had, that. I had, <laughs> uh, I had the Google Cardboard, visual Google Cardboard VR thing. It was just a bit of cardboard, folded up. And it worked great, don't get me wrong, but, you know, it just falls apart. So... Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna fall by the wayside that Mario Kart thing, but um, yeah, that's great. I like I like the fact you can get uh, the All Stars from the SNES because that had a, um, a American Mario game on it. I think that wasn't available in this country. The Japanese one, the Lost Levels. That's it. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they released it over here for the first time, and it was really hard. It was really hard. So people yeah, the get poison- to play that again. So that's all good. Did you, did you do that first thing that I think pretty much everyone did when you start level one one? And you hit a block, and this little purple mushroom comes out. You're like, "Oh, sweet! What does that do?" Poison mushroom, dead. Yeah. <laughs> is it? It's also one where if you ran, ran uh, World One One, you ran backwards, and it, uh, there's a secret level. I can't remember if it was that one. Or not. Uh, there was a water level glitch. You did something, and you ended up in this infinite water level that you yeah, couldn't like that. get out yeah. of. Yeah, it was a good game. Well, I couldn't get, couldn't get far in it though. But you know, hmm. nice. And uh, yeah. Sean, is Mario Kart Live going to work in your house? <laughs> uh, no, I won't even be attempting it. <laughs> that sounds like the the worst idea I could I've I've ever heard of. Just rabbit avalanche. I just like walking over kids, you know, kicking furniture around. It's just not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, like my my laminate floor bedroom will be like the the Cooper Beach, and Sean's will be like Rainbow Road. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Be like a Rainbow Rabbit know, Road. Hey. Oh, that just sounds even weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going to bother. Okay. I, I, I don't really understand that game to be honest, and I need to know a lot more about it because why try and reinvent the wheel? You know, Mario Kart was great. Don't try and. And I, I, I really hope it doesn't take off because I, I want more Mario Kart, but fine, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Mm. Uh, and, and anything else from the uh, reveal that you're interested in? I'm really interested in the 3D All-Stars, but I'm a little bit concerned about the way that they're doing it because of this like limited release. So they're only going to sell it until, is it March next year? March 31st. Yes. Do, you know, do you know what someone's pointed out about that? Uh, financial year. End of the tax year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's drive drive to get everyone to buy it before the end of the tax year to get profit up, failing the uh, last few months of, well, Digital must have been fine, but the last few months of failing physical stock from retail is a theory. But you know, why March thirty first? I don't know. I don't, I don't like I'm the not idea. Asking you of, specifically, no. I just don't like the idea of, of this having this like timed we'll, release we'll window. Only, yeah, we'll only sell it till till then. These things then... never really last, though, do they? It'll be out again as another special edition another year. It, yeah, obviously, but like, if I wanted to play it, you know, after that date, and I got my Switch, and I didn't really want to invest in whatever hardware is coming next, nice little segue. Then, you know, <laughs> it's just, it just, I, I don't like that, and it just feels like icky. I get the feeling they're obviously going to probably like stick them on digital on first of April or whatever, but it's just Are they don't come to... digital already. Oh, just physical until March thirty first. Yeah, I think so. Uh, no, it's physical and digital because I've already pre-ordered it. But is, oh, it digi- okay. is it digital yeah. until the end of March as well? Uh, yep, it's going to be ripped from the eShop on that day. What? Fuck me. That's... You just need to buy it beforehand. You can have it forever. I don't need to, no. I don't want to now. 
All right. <laughs> they used to do this kind of thing with um, Disney movies, didn't they? They were always on for a limited yeah. time frame when you were a kid, and you couldn't get them again for like three years, and then suddenly, oh, we're re-releasing The Little Ooh. Mermaid again. Here's, a, here's your a, one chance. Still yeah, waiting I mean, for so- Song of the South to come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to be waiting a long time for that. Oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the argument Nintendo have made is that it's all part of the celebration of the year of Mario leading up to his 35th anniversary. So, you know, in that time, because, you know, Super Mario Brothers 35 is a free download, but that's going as well. And so it's like in, in this period, you can just play it for that time and then never play it ever again. Because that's weird. The servers are going to be shut off for Super Mario Bros. 35 or March 31st, but you can still, you know, you can download it the day before, or you can, you know, download Super Mario 3D All Stars, have it on your Switch forever, as long as you buy it before that time. It's very strange. That's 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 the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That, if that, like, if that's the excuse to give in, then that's ridiculous. Like, you don't. You don't celebrate somebody getting to 100 years old and then, like, as soon as they get to 101, go, nah, you're not important anymore. They are still 101. Like, this isn't, like, that's daft. Absolutely stupid, Nintendo. Sort yourself out. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Right, moving on. Let's stick to Nintendo for a bit, then, because this has been a very Nintendo kind of focus week in the world of video games. And let's look back at all the classic Mario games that's kind of got us thinking about those big Nintendo moments that we wanted to kind of, like, remember. And so we decided to sort of go back to our classic Nintendo kind of memories. And uh, I'm going to throw it over to uh, to the guys to, to share their stories. Well, I think I've told this story probably a thousand times, but when I was growing up, uh, we were all very kind of computer-orientated. We had Atari STs and Spectrums and things like that. And no one ever touched consoles because they were like gamers, goo goo away, you know, it's a bit weird. Um, and then all of a sudden, um, Super Nintendo arrived and it came packaged with Street Fighter 2, which at the time was my favourite game ever. Because I was going down to arcades every week playing Street Fighter 2 and it was just like the best time. And it came out, it came out on uh, the SNES, it came bundled with the SNES. And I said to my buddies, I said, Look, I'm going to buy a SNES. They go, oh no, you're a big gamer, you idiot, blah, blah, blah. I said, don't worry, I'll sticky tape it into the stairs so it'd be like my own arcade game. And they did, yeah, yeah, of course you did. But I've got the snares and I sticky taped it in and they all came around and played it and enjoyed it and they all bought Super Nintendos uh, afterwards. And it's a silly memory, it's a silly kind of, you know, we were young and stupid, but it's just that, that whole, uh, the first realisation really that the arcades were coming home, do you know what I mean? It's quite a, it's quite a big deal in, um, in our world because we kind of grew up with the Spectrum, which is so basic. You know, the, the NES and the MOS system were very basic, but then you had the Super Nintendo and you had Street Fighter 2 and it was almost arcade perfect. And it kind of made, it was a kind of game changer for us. It made us realize that, wow, you know, the, the, the graphics you see, the 16-bit, the sprites of everything, you can see it on your own TV now. And it was like a big deal. And... Um, Funny enough, the next game I bought after unsticky taping my Street Fighter 2 was Super Mario World. So um, that, that just cemented it, really. Nice. Two of the greatest games for the Super Nintendo. And, and then, sticky yeah. tape cement this time. Oh, yeah. Well, I think we've done that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the, the snares are just for the Sunday games, like Castlevania 4, Pilot Wings, and uh, the Contra series. And it's just, it just a good, good time for gaming. And... Um, you know, it's also like an evolution as well, the FX chips and all these kind of extra bolt ones. So, um, you know, hats off Nintendo. I, I don't really pay much attention to them now, but I'll never, ever forget the Super Nintendo. That's awesome, man. I love that story. Thanks, man. Uh, Toby Anderson? Nintendo stories. 
Nintendo stories. Um, well, mine's kind of special as well, in the, in the same sort of way as Paul's there. Um, so Super Mario Bros, as in the original NES NES one, was the first game I ever played. Ever, ever. Um, so not even arcades and Ataris and anything. That was the first game. So Mario is literally what got me hooked. Um, we used to have this in Watford, where, where, I, where I grew up, um, there was an enormous Asda. It was like the biggest Asda in the whole of the UK. And they had this, um, like, seven, like was it 45 checkouts or something in one massive, great, big, long line all down this thing. It looked like an aircraft hangar. Um, and since then, I've, I've looked at it since then, and I've, I've realized that it's the biggest one they ever built. Um, but at the time, you just thought it was the biggest Asda you'd ever seen in your life when you are just a kid. Um, when you came out of the checkouts, there's a great big line of stores and um, restaurants and things like that and a big creche, right? And I'm only five, seven years old at this point. So my mum throws me in the creche um, while she goes and does her Asda shopping. And in the creche, you've got all these things like bubble uh, tubes and ball pits and soft play areas and all that kind of stuff. But underneath the soft play area, um, there is a little dark secret den for the kids to, to find if you go the right way through the soft play area. And in there is a screen. And on the screen is Super Mario Brothers on a NES with little controllers, the little square controllers that didn't fit your hands and were completely ergonomically okay, terrible. I want, to, I want to go to this place immediately. It was the best crash I think I've ever heard of or seen in my entire life. Um, I, I don't, even, don't even know how they run it because it would be so expensive to run these days. But I basically got addicted to video games in that secret den underneath the soft play area. Um, so the other kids would come through that area. They'd you know, bound through on their way through the soft play that interrupt your game. But I'd just be sat there playing through Super Mario Brothers, trying to save Peach, trying to kill Bowser, down, jumping all on all the toads, etc., and um, all the mushrooms. And every now and again, you'd get a little group, little group of other kids come and sit down, they cro- you know, cross-legged sitting in this tiny little secret den watching you play. Um, it was the first game I'd ever played, so I can't have been very good. But Games were so brand new to everyone. Consoles were so brand new and on, on the sort of NES time frame that none of them knew how to play. So you could offer them the game and you'd play that version, which was like, you know, one life each, you know, the two-player game where you you die and then the next person has a go. But invariably, most kids wouldn't last one one go and then they just hand the controllers back and watch me play it instead. So it's just kind of a fun memory that I enjoy. That I just remember, yeah, that was the first game. That one completely got me hooked. And then... Begged for a SNES, never got one. Begged for a Mega Drive, never got one. <laughs> Eventually only got a console uh, when the PlayStation came out. That's a great story. I love that. Cool. And some sort of earliest secret, gaming memory. Some secret underground <laughs> Nintendo Den. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a CD. <laughs> it was for kids. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Sean Davies? My story is a little bit different because, of course, it is. Um, it's about the Wii. So when the Wii came out, um, I was I was unashamedly a big PlayStation and slash Xbox fan. I wasn't I was like a big fanboy. I was basically a troll on the internet, you know, the worst possible kind. Anyway, I was I was big into both Xbox first and then once that died of the PlayStation, I had absolutely no time in my life for Nintendo during that time because the Wii came out and I'd really not grown past the whole, it's just a gimmicky motion control thing. You know, when, when it first got shown and everyone kind of laughed at the Wii because Jesus Christ, this is Nintendo's next console. What the hell were they thinking? 
that was what everybody said. I'd never really tried one to experience what it was like. So I was working at the time and somebody uh, offered me a second on Nintendo Switch for 50 quid with a couple of games. It was like, um, there was Wii Sports, um, Red Steel, uh, I think it was like Monster Jam. Anyway, it was it was basically the deal of the century and I'd be stupid to turn it down, so I bought it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go home, I'm going to try it out and because it's crap, I'll just sell it on. And I got home and I plugged it in and I put on Wii Sports, and I ate crow. I was blown away by how good those motion controls were for the time, you know. I mean, it's not great now, you know, the connect, you know, to that away just a couple of years later. But how good was the Wii, you know? It was I mean, great. The, the, that, you know, playing bowling, I was lying down in bed playing bowling and feeling like a fucking champion because I was getting strike after strike after strike <laughs> with nothing but a wrist flick. And uh, it's just a So a you practice that, that quite in bed quite a lot then? Of course, mate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I learned from the best. Thanks for that. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was just a really um, eye-opening experience because I'd, I'd grown away from Nintendo. Uh, like, uh, like I said, in the retro podcast, podcast I had a Mega Drive, my brother had a SNES. We kind of swapped every so often, but I kind of stuck with Mega Drive for the most of the, that generation. And I, I didn't bother with the GameCube at all. So, you know, it was it was really um, like a, a reawakening of my love for Nintendo uh, with the Wii. And, you know, despite the fact that it, it did look like a massive gimmick and that it shouldn't have been as good as it was. And not all the games were good, but, you know, when, when, you, get a, when you get a console and you come with Wii Sports Resorts and Red Steel, you're, you're in for a real treat. Mm. And, and I did. I, I had a real treat. And that's... It's one of my most fond Nintendo memories, having my fanboy shook out of me by the Nintendo Wii. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And it housed uh, the Galaxy Duo. So, you know, the Wii is is a is a wonderful system. It is. And finally, Mr. Great Kicks, throw me a Nintendo story. Oh, all right then. Uh, I like Toby. Mine wasn't uh, my first game wasn't a nintendo game i can't remember what it was i think it was a mass system game and then we got one so it wasn't my first console and unlike sean uh i went from sega to the snes so my my first was a mass system and then we got a snes and we had it with the scope which was great until the batteries leaked in it um so yeah that was fun for a short period of time my dad who has never touched a video game in his life was freaking dead eye duck at the scope it was amazing like like a savant can't play anything else, but he was, considering the man's got glaucoma, he was an absolute crack shot with the scope, which was just, yeah, still staggers me now. I can't do it. But no, mine, mine is about one particular game on the snare. I mean, I, I love the snares anyway. I've got a snares tattoo. So that's, that's my 16 bit, you know, that one wins over the mega drive. Um, it's a little game called illusion of time or illusion of Gaia. If anyone's listening for America, it came out. Uh, I didn't really, I think I was about 10 at the time. I didn't really comprehend, you know, vast storytelling in games and anything like that. Like I never heard of Final Fantasy. I think I got into them when Final Fantasy 7 came out. So I never heard of all the, like the Breath of Fires, the front missions, all that stuff on the snares. I was pretty not shielded, but I, I could never afford mags or anything. So I never actually bought any of it. So I didn't know about these, these other worldly games. All my favorite games. 
<laughs> Sorry, Matt. Um, <laughs> and, and school. Um, no, a game called Illusion Time. Uh, it, it got sort of derided as being like a Zelda knockoff because it was top down, like a dungeon style crawler type thing. It wasn't an RPG. It was an action game where you hit things. Uh, you're a guy named Will. You're a young lad named Will. And you hit things with a flute of all things. That's your weapon. You've got some telekinetic powers and you start off as most of these sort of heroes tales do you know you've, you're on an expedition with your father to the tower of babel it uses like real world places like the inca ruins tower of babel uh, the aztec plains anchor Wat, all that kind of stuff and yeah you've lost your father you're back in your town start with your friends and it turns out you've got some sort of telekinetic power and it, it starts off pretty minimal and to me at, at the time it was just like a a fun little adventure game i didn't realize that you had to defeat every enemy in an area to upgrade your strength so sometimes like i'd be cheesing it through an area and i'm not actually building myself up so i kind of made it harder for myself you turn into other characters you can turn to like a, a knight with a sword and then later on some sort of like ethereal sort of semi physical like spirit type thing that could hit harder and it was just a a great little action game didn't think much of the story because again i wasn't in that frame of mind to to, to see stories I like Zelda was a fun game didn't get all the story behind that that kind of thing and as the years have gone on I played it like several times since and it's just a real like not emotionally driven game but the story behind it is some of the best writing I've ever seen in a SNES game now it's not going to top anything we've seen in terms of like cinematic efforts from Rockstar or Control or Kojima or anything like that or God of War but it's a self-contained little adventure using real-world locations with a fantasy element to it. And when I finally got the gist of what was going on in the story, when I was old enough, like in my teens, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say it made me cry or anything like that, but like it's a properly emotional story. And I'm really glad that on a random whim, my uncle like lent me his copy of it. And since, I think I had to give it back, but like I bought a copy since. And I've still, like I traded my snares in uh, two years ago because... It was collecting dust. I kind of wish I hadn't, but at the same time, because of things like the Switch and the virtual consoles and stuff like that, I thought, it's just collecting dust. All the games that I had were available to play. All the other ones that I had that were more collectible, I'm not going to play again because setting up a SNES now is difficult on a HDTV. And I just thought, you know what, I've had my time with those games. But of all the games I traded in, I had a mint boxed copy of Zelda. Like, that was a hell of a thing to part with. And like an unboxed copy of Secret of Mana, for example. But I couldn't bring myself to trade in Illusion of Time. It's unboxed. I've got the booklet for it. I've got two booklets, in fact, because someone traded a copy in at GameStation. So I've got one with the cover missing, one without. And I've still got the cartridge that I bought sometime when I worked in GameStation because it's just one of those things you don't want to give up. Like, like I said, Zelda I can play now on my Switch. I can't play Illusion of Time on anything at the moment unless I emulated it on my phone or hacked my Switch or blah, 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 blah. So I'm obviously being hyperbolic, but... It's, it's a game that means a lot to me just for like the simplest of reasons that my uncle lent it to me. He lent me Star Fox as well, or Star Wing even. But I mean, that was a great game, but Illusion of Time has just stuck with me because when you can go back to things with a not a clearer head, but like an older head to actually understand what's going on, you see it in a different, like same with films and stuff like that. You can respect the art if that sounds more like an appropriate thing to say not not pretentious but like you can respect like what went into it and to me that's just my like my time capsule game of that era obviously all the big ones 
yet. They're still up there as well, but that game just sticks. A bit of a gateway why... drug, wasn't it, for RPGs? <laughs> I think. Um, I suppose so, yeah. I mean, well, to me, the PlayStation 1 did that when I bought Suicoden 2 on a, on a whim in, uh, in, in game or EB. But we talked about that in the PlayStation thing. So yeah, that my my Nintendo memory isn't a Nintendo title. It's a well, it's an Enix title, which is now obviously amalgamated with Square Enix. And they were famous for Dragon Quest and all that. They still are. Yeah, yeah just just a little offshoot title became like my cherished SNES memory. That's awesome. I love that. Um, I guess I guess mine would be. I don't know if it's kind of cliche at this point, but I think mine would be um, Ocarina playing that for the first time. I'm waiting that, so that long. That's a good shout. <laughs> yeah. I was so long playing, waiting, waiting, waiting for that game to come out. And I remember the moment that you leave the the forest, the Deku the, 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 uh, Deku Forest, and then you walk out in Hyrule Field for the first time. And I had never seen anything like that before just this vast open space that I could go anywhere and see Hyrule Castle in the distance and know that I could go in there and walk around the town and walk up to Hyrule Castle and swim under Hyrule Castle and jump around it. There was just these little moments that solidified the fact that, yeah, video games are amazing. Nintendo were amazing. No one was doing what they were doing at that time, you know, with the likes of Super Mario 64 using the analog stick for shooters in GoldenEye. You know, Rare being at the top of their game the, that entire generation. And Ocarina was just the pinnacle of that, I think. And that moment, is just it still gives me sort of goosebumps now thinking about it. it was on, I was playing it on a crappy little CRT TV, and it was just loud. I've played it recently on bigger TVs, and it's, it's still just as awesome. But yeah, that moment will stay with me forever because I'll never ever forget what it was like to run and run and run and run and go to Epona Forest and you know meet uh, go to, uh, sorry not Epona Forest but meet Epona the horse Lon Lon uh, Ranch that's the one yeah and uh, yeah just those little moments it's just a it's just a phenomenal moment have you um I'm not trying to diminish it so don't take it like this at all have you seen the no. the rumor that they're gonna that the Ocarina is being ported to Switch I have yes. How cool would that be? It would be I mean, amazing. I, I was blown away when I when I played the GameCube Master Collection, and mm. I was then further blown away when I played the 3DS version. Yes. Oh God, Ocarina in 3D. So, oh. could you imagine like that on the Switch? Mm. I mean, like, oh, that would be that would be something. What I'd love, I've, I think this is like pipe dream stuff, but what I'd love is a version of Ocarina with a remaster in the style of Link's Awakening. Ooh. Yeah, maybe not in that graphic style, but just with that much polish, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah well, that's what I hope they would do with it. I mean, I know, like, look at it, Super Mario 64, that looks a bit meh, but then, I mean, the, the, the 35 edition, like, that's just a port of the 3DS game, surely. But, like, yeah. you might, like, if, you, if they re-jazzed up... Um, I was going to say rejiggered and jazz then. It came out as rejigged. I hope they don't rejigged it. Yeah, <laughs> what, a, what a portmanteau of words that is. <laughs> well, I really want to rejigged Ocarina at a time. Just to milk it out. Of just, for the lo- just for one more time. Yeah. <laughs> no, like a, re, a rejiggered version of Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask as a double pack. Oof. 
I know. That, that's a uh, pipe dream and a half. I mean, Nintendo were just sitting on it, man. Where's Legend of Zelda All-Stars? If they can, if they can pimp know? Mario out, then surely they can pimp out the Adventures yeah. of Zelda and his quests. Her quests. <laughs> So uh, cool. I've got a question about Mario. We're going to look to the future of Nintendo now. And with the eve of the PS5 and the Series X, Nintendo Switch, while still in a very healthy place, doesn't really have any big ones this Christmas to, to compete with the next-gen consoles. And we're looking at sort of like the next one year, two years of what the Switch is going to look like if there's going to be a Switch Pro, if there's going to be you know, rumored Metroid Prime 4, maybe out next year. Who knows? I mean, there's a lot of stuff still very much up in the air in terms of what the switch are planning for this christmas and beyond so uh sean davies where do you see the next couple of years for the switch next to the ps5 and the series x about six months ago i made a brief statement and said that i think i think the switch would be done when the ps5 and xbox series x comes out i'm i'm prepared to be wrong on that because i think the switch is still it's it's got to such a point now uh it's it's sold more than you know, a lot of consoles that are massive cultural landmarks. landmarks. Uh, so it's in, it's in the game at Ethos. People like the Switch. A lot of people buy games on Switch. Um, it's brilliant for indie devs and it's portable. It's basically a portable console that can play games to a standard that people like anywhere. So the fact that new consoles are coming out and they're going to bring a load of power and there's a new processor out for PC, which is going to basically blow the roof off everything that the Switch is capable of, should really put that in danger. But I don't think it will because I think it, the Switch can coexist alongside the PS5, the Xbox Series S, and the Xbox Series X, and the, you know, the new graphics cards for PC, which are just like phenomenal. So I, I fully expect Nintendo to release a new version of the Switch within the next 12 months, but I don't think it's going to be um, that much of a change. I think it's probably gonna have a new screen, and I imagine it's going to be something like, do you know when the PS Vita did the refresh and they put on a better screen, uh, made it a bit more slimline? I imagine that's what's going to come. I don't think it's going to... I just can't see Nintendo pushing for 4K visuals on a handheld uh, or, or even to power via TV. It's, it's just, you know, Nintendo have always been like several steps of, you know, resolution behind everyone else they know when we had blu-rays and the ps3 they had the wii which was standard tv you know it was it wasn't blowing anybody's mind with graphics so but they still managed to you know sell more than nathan so I, I don't know um this this christmas i get the feeling that nintendo are just stepping out of the way i think they they've they've realized that it doesn't really matter what they put out this christmas they are going to get slammed by both two two new consoles in which they will not be able to compete with. Um, so long as Nintendo can c- keep third-party support coming to the Switch, it shouldn't be a problem. They might need to release a, a more powerful Switch within a couple of years' time. But, you know, this is Nintendo. You can really can't bank on what the hell Nintendo are doing because yeah. they are the most unpredictable company I have ever had the pleasure of playing a console from. So who knows? I mean, tomorrow they might release a, you know, an 8K... <laughs> skipping rope <laughs> they're just they're just fucking weird aren't they? <laughs> yeah you're right you're absolutely right i mean the, the the perspective of it is the last of us part two has sold nine million copies since release animal crossing new horizons has sold 26.4 million in four months yeah 
I mean, Nintendo don't need to do anything this Christmas. <laughs> I think they've won this year already. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, they are the best at catering to their market. And they, for, for everybody that likes the grim, dark, you know, grr of, of The Last of Us, there are four or five people out there for every one of those people that likes, okay, I'm going to make a village and decorate walls or whatever. And Nintendo have just tapped into that with this generation. It's great. Yeah, I was going to say, then there's me who likes to use Animal Crossing as a way to cheer myself up after playing The Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, need it, a balance. It, need both of them. Yeah, absolutely. You really do. <laughs> <laughs> a balanced gaming diet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. No, Ellie, no. Oh, I'm going to go fish for a bit. This is depressing. <laughs> that was my life for, for two months. Anyone got anything to add to this? What do they see the future of the Switch? I will just be very annoyed if they bring out a uh, Switch Lite with built-in ergonomic grips. After the ah. hassle, I went with mine. <laughs> but <laughs> but you no, have grips no, no. now, right? I have grips now, but if they bring out a better one, I'll just be pissed right Ah, uh, yeah. But otherwise, when, when, did it, when did it actually come out, the Switch? The Lite Switch or the Switch Switch? No, the Switch Switch. The, the whole Switch thing. came out in 2017? 2017, yeah. 2017. Oh, I got something right. So it's, only got, it's only really had three years on it. So what's the average... Like seven. console life, yeah, about six or seven years, isn't it? So mm-hmm. I would say it's still got time, quite a bit yeah. of time. Uh, well, according what, to what? GameIndustry.biz, uh, sorry, Paul, just want to get this in quickly. Um, it's sold 66 million units, which puts it just behind um, the Wii and the Super Nintendo as the most successful Nintendo consoles ever. Damn. In three Crazy. years. Sorry, Paul, go on. No, I was going to say, so the, the thing that, like... And Nintendo is quite happy sitting in their own little world, doing their own little thing, and people like that kind of thing. But I think where it kind of, I don't know, for me, kind of went wrong was that they, they had all these kind of great, great games. You know, F-Zero, Mario Kart, they had Metroid, and, you know, all these AAA games that Nintendo do so well. And you don't see them. They, they didn't come out on the Wii. They didn't come out on the, um, uh, the Wii U. didn't come out on the Switch. It's, it, it's like, I mean, the... the, the Super Mario Odyssey was probably the first of their AAA games they bought out on the Switch. And I don't know, it's just that I got a little bit disheartened because I wanted to play those games, the F-Zeros and, you know, the Metroids. But I never could. They're not on any of the Nintendo consoles because, you know, while at the same time I can go on my PlayStation and play all bells and whistles kind of game, where all I really want to do is play F-Zero again, but I can't. Or a new version of F-Zero. So I kind of like forgotten about Nintendo because they're not bringing their own games out on their own system. It's a bit of an odd one. Yeah, so, they are, um, they're, they're sitting on a lot of uh, IP still. They did sit, sit on the gold mine, and mm. you know, if if they come out next year with a, with a Switch Pro and it comes packaged with Street Fighter Seven or something, um, I'll buy it because you know, and it gave news of uh, you know, SDRs coming, uh, Metro Prime's coming, that big truck thing you got stopped, nuclear bomb crashing games That's coming. Cool. That's it. That's, yeah, that's a rare game, though, isn't it? That won't be on there. Oh, is it? I thought it was Nintendo. No, no, it's rare. Oh, it's, yeah, it's on the it's on the rare replay on the Xbox. Yeah, it was it was published by Nintendo, but yeah, developed oh, by Rare. But yeah, yeah, you get my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, all these AAA games haven't appeared on their own console. I don't understand it, and that's kind of like. But they're very good at. They're very good of doing the opposite though, of making people buy it in anticipation that they will come. It's that whole like thing from Wayne's World, isn't it? If you buy yeah, it, they will come. come. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's like you sort of buy it in the console, knowing that down the line there will be one deliver, of each yeah. IP. You know, it's, and it's so true. far so, we've had. You know, it happened on the uh, in the 64. I get a second uh, Zelda. Oh well, yeah, I mean, Breath cool. of the Wild. Breath of the Wild Two has been confirmed. Yeah, yeah. might I get it before that's uh, before the end of that. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just, it's just weird, you know. I mean, 
Um, you know, I, I, I bought, I've had all Nintendo consoles. So I had the 64, the Cube, um, you know, the Wii, the Wii U, everything. And I, I was, I booked them, they all come. I bought them and every time they didn't come, you know, you might have got a Zelda game. Admittedly, Metroid, yeah, we haven't had yet. Yeah, no, all right, Ocarina was great. We had Federation Force and that was... Um, I, think, I think Metroid and F-Zero are good examples of this. I think Mario and Zelda have managed to come out on every single one. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty that's much. Fair, that's fair, yeah. What was the last F-Zero we had? G, wasn't it? GameCube, wasn't it? GX, wasn't it? No, the... 64 G- or GameCube? G- no, GX on the GameCube, because we were yeah, talking about that and Extreme yeah. G3 yeah. the other week. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, GameCube. Extreme G. That's, That's a great game. game. Uh, oh, we yeah. were talking about that whilst we were playing blank. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the sense of speed. Yes. I loved Extreme G. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, the Wii, the Wii and the Wii U didn't get F-Zero games. Wow. Which is crazy when you think about it. Wait. How, how real are the rumours of Metroid 4? Metroid 4 was confirmed in their direct. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, it was in development from 2015 then it was ripped from that studio and then given back to Retro in 2017 so right. it's not coming out this year or next year maybe the year <laughs> after <laughs> who knows yeah exactly yeah, I'd still... really like a, um, a, su- like a, a 2D one uh, a Super Metroid again mm. one of those that, what they, the whole they re-released and remade the original on the was it Game Boy Advance yeah, they did that. They did Fusion. Yeah, that was they did, beautiful. They Fusion did a remake was beautiful. Of, they did a remake of Metroid 2 for the 3DS, which was cracking. These are, these are all great, and I loved all of them. So I would much prefer a Switch Metroid 2D. Sorry, it was 2017 it was announced in their direct, and 2018, at the end of 2018, they announced the Retro was actually going to be developing it. Uh, We've still so, had an entire, you know, the whole Switch generation so far without it, so... Yeah, but it's gonna, it will come eventually. <laughs> they build it, it will come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the Metropolitan trilogy is still a big rumor that's floating around. So we shall see. Although in August this year, Retro Studios were looking for a lead producer for Metropolitan Four. So twenty twenty three, twenty four, maybe. <laughs> I don't want a three D one that much. I liked Metroid Prime, like the first one, but I got bored after two and three. Really, and wow. Other M wasn't good. Metroid yeah, Prime 2 was, was Metroid 2 and 3 was superb. Yeah, 2 was 2 was good. It's just mean I just started getting bored. That's all I'm saying. I played all three of them. Serious fatigue. Okay. Yeah. I just I pretty much prefer the 2D ones. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot to go into the future of the Switch. Obviously, we're, we'll keep mm-hmm. an eye on it uh, for fingerguns.net for the rest of time because <laughs> fingerguns will never die. And we'll be covering Switch until the cows come home. So look out for that in 2023 of our review of Metro Prime 4. Yeah. Uh, right then, let's go to the Indie Corner with Mr. Sean Davies. <laughs> okay, welcome to the Indie Corner. Um, I've got a couple of games I want to talk about today before I throw it out to any of the other guys. Uh, the first games I want to talk about are... They're all from one publisher, and this publisher I've, I've never heard of before this last couple of weeks, but it kind of sprung up, and they are currently producing and bringing to uh, the Nintendo Switch, and hence why they're on this particular podcast, quite a lot of very interesting PC games. So I can't remember which of our team reviewed Lumo, the isometric adventure game. It might have been me, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it might have been Ross. Um, but basically, it's it's like a it's a throwback to the Atari um, isometric adventure games. 
uh, that came out on PC a couple of years ago, but now it's on on Switch uh, via this Thalamus Digital. Uh, and this Thalamus Digital also recently bought uh, Sesanoid to Switch 2, which is a black, white, and red uh, shmup, which is also very, very good. This this kind of this publisher, they seem to be picking up a lot of like British retro-inspired games, and I wanted to see what else they've got on their on their docket. And they've got two games going to the Switch soon. Uh, one is called Death Ray Manta, uh, or DRM. And that's from a developer called Rob, who it basically it's the most colorful shmup you'll ever see. It's got this amazing effect in it that makes everything look like fluid, but you, you, you basically play as this manta ray that shoots. It's a fantastic shooter mob. I played it a couple of years ago, and that's coming to the Switch. And also um, a game called Bezier, which is from Philip Back. Uh, that went gold today as we're recording. And that's, again, one of the, like, a really great... Uh, shmup that came out in 2016 that's also coming to the switch so this this thalamus digital they kind of popped up and they seem to be bringing a lot of like british retro inspired games to the switch and i'm really on board with this uh, and i thought i'd bring it up because a lot of these games they kind of flown under the radar but they shouldn't have done they're all really great games so you should go and follow them on twitter and check out their games it's at t-h-a-l-a-m-u-s digital on Twitter, and um, you should definitely check them out. They are a, a cool bunch that are doing something really cool. What's the name of that um, colourful one? Colourful shmup? A Death Ray Manta. Death Ray Manta. Yeah, that is one of the most underrated shmups I have I've played in recent times. Um, it's one of those ones that kind of just came out of nowhere, was brilliant, everyone was talking about it for a few days, and then it just didn't get the traction it needed to take off. Um, but a lot of the right people played it so that, obviously, it's not going to get a Switch release. And, you know, Switch is the second home for a lot of really great indie games. So, fingers crossed, it takes off again. Um, the other the other games I wanted to talk about were from this Realms Deep. So, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but this this last weekend, there was a, uh, what, they, what they've called, what they've coined, Boomer Fest, um, which is a, a festival that's got um, 3D Realms, Apogee, uh, New Blood, uh, basically a, a collection of publishers and developers that are all working on retro-inspired video games from like Duke Nukem 3D, Hexen, um, like the old school Thief games. Basically, anybody who's working on like a, a pixelati old school shooter or game has been able to go to this festival and show their games. So I wanted to talk about a couple of them that I thought really stood out. Um, so the first is Ultra Kill. Uh, from New Blood, that's how it came out this last week. You've probably seen it, it's been on quite a few of the award shows and the, the E3 shows, but basically it's the most high-velocity you know, high velocity shooter I've seen. You basically kill things and feed yourself with blood to stay alive. Um, it is bonkers, massively gory and violent, and it's it looks fantastic. If you've got a PC that can play it, I highly advise you go and pick it up. That's on Steam, so ultra kill. Uh, the second was announced today. You might remember a couple of months ago, uh, I talked about a game in an indie corner called Fallen Angels, which is a cel-shaded, hand-drawn, old-school um, shooter. And today it got announced as... It's, it's changed names to Fallen Aces, and it's coming now as a publishing deal with New Blood. It, it 
I, I highly advise just go to Twitter or whatever, just Google the trailer because the trailer looks freaking amazing. Um, it looks like, um, you know, Archer, the cartoon. Uh, it looks like that, but um, like a noir version of it. Basically, the noir version of Archer um, with a bit of a steampunky aesthetic too. It's great. I, I can't wait for that game. Uh, that's probably coming out next year. Um, the next game I wanted to talk about was Rise of the Triads 95. Now, if I say Rise of the Triads to some people, they will get really excited. If you don't, that's fine. you never heard of it, that's fine. It's a shooter that was like around at the same time as Duke Nukem 3D. Rise of the Triads 95 is getting a re-release on consoles. I, I, I don't know how this is happening. Um, this, this was like a major game from my childhood. And uh, I just, today it was announced today and I'm super excited about it. And the last, well, two more games really. Graven. Um, go Google Graven. Graven's the new game from uh, 3D Realms. It's like the successor to Hexen 2 and Thief and Deus Ex. It's, it's like a fantasy uh, thief simulator where you've got the stuff that you can use to have different effects. It looks brilliant, like a proper RPG action game. And the last game is called Hellscreen, which I think I've talked about before a long time ago. But basically, it's a Doom slash um, Quake game, but you have a rearview mirror, and the entire game is presented in like a sepia and pink uh, like color palette it it looks garish when you first see it but in motion it looks brilliant so those are the indie games that i wanted to talk about this week i'm sorry it was a lot because there's been a lot of really great games and i was this week so has anyone got anyone else anything else they want to talk about yeah police stories is quite good well yeah but you did that as game of the week man i know you just did <laughs> anything else I just like throw it in the, the relevant corner thank you so when you feel left out thanks buddy Polar Nasus looks like um, thirteen. Yeah, yes. it's got yeah, it's got that associated like appeal to it, doesn't it? And they're re-releasing that in a month. Woo, woo! So uh, yeah, definitely like the look at that. Grand, thank you very much, Sean. Pleasure. Now don't go anywhere because it's time for the quiz answers. Woo, cool. Sorry. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So I think I was I was too into that, wasn't I, with my woo? Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> I was uh, trying to sort my cheat out. Okay. Your shit out? Sort my sheet. sheet. Okay. <laughs> Have you just got one sheet with the answers in it? <laughs> yes. One sheet. Uh, question one. Who stars as Dr. Robotnik slash Eggman in the 2020 live action Sonic game? Uh, Sonic movie, sorry. Um, Paul. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey was correct. Uh, question two. Which two Sonic the Hedgehog games were originally planned to be one game but had to be split and released separately due to time constraints. Ross? Uh, Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles. That's correct. Did, did you know why, why they had to release them separately? Is it because they kicked Michael Jackson out of the production? <laughs> no. Were they just no. too big for uh, the cartridges? No, no, they were, they, they were still able to fit on the cartridges. It was because okay. of McDonald's. Oh, of course. So, so yeah. McDonald's had done like a, you know, the Happy Meal toys. Uh, and they had set it up so that they would have them ready for Christmas. And uh, Sega wouldn't have the whole game finished by Christmas. So they released Sonic 3 and then released the rest of the game later. Um, so it's all McDonald's' fault we, why, why we got Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles. Plus. That's fine. I'm happy with Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles. Yeah. I mean, they were pretty big anyway, weren't they? So. Yeah. Okay. Question three. 
uh, Rouge, the anti-heroine from the Sonic the Hedgehog series, is what kind of animal? Toby? She's a white bat. She's a bat, yeah, I'll take that. Um, question four, which game is both the worst reviewed and worst selling Sonic game, Sonic console title to date? Greg? Please don't take my answer as... All right, I want to say... First it, answer. It, no, well, this is it, because it's just called... <laughs> It's just called Sonic the Hedgehog, isn't it? But it's the Sonic 06 on the 360? It's not. The worst game, the worst Sonic game ever made to release on the console. It's not Chaotix, is it? No, it's Sonic Is it the one where Sonic kissed the princess? That's Sonic 06. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is this the, the worst is called Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric. Oh yes, I've even watched a Let's Play of that and it just looks fucking awful. Yeah. It really should have been Sonic 06, because that is a absolute travesty. <laughs> I'd forgotten about Boom. Mm. Yeah. Um so this this game was was terrible. It mm-hmm. was it was developed in the CryEngine, which didn't work on the Wii U. But then Sega <laughs> decided to <laughs> that this to release. But then saying that the cartoon is actually quite funny. It is. Nothing's great, yeah. I was going to ask about Roger Craig Smith in this case, but I didn't. Hmm. Ross's bestie. Yes. I was, I was going to say Sonic Boom, as a, the cartoon, is really actually quite good. And it's, got, it's the same smart. thing as like Phineas and Ferber stuff. It's got jokes in there for adults that are just like, oh, oh, oh I see what mm. you did there. Yeah. Okay, uh, question this five. Next one is gonna, Toby's going to kick himself, and I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got an answer at all. Okay, Sonic the Hedgehog's best friend is best known as Tails, but what is the Flying Fox's real name, Paul? Miles. Miles what? I need a second name. Miles. Moranis. Power. Miles Power. Miles the Hedgehog. Fuck knows. <laughs> Miles Prower. Miles Prower is correct. Yeah. Half a point. Here, right Why would you get half a point for that? One Miles. Half a question, right? Half a name. Half a name. That's like me having that's like me having half a point for saying Sonic in the last one, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um question six. What did Sega brand the day on which the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was released? Supersonic Saturday, Tails Thursday, or Sonic Tuesday? Ross? I mean I don't know, so I'm just gonna go for Sonic Tuesday. Sonic Tuesday is correct. Yes! What, a, what a punt, because it sounded so stupid. <laughs> it sounds like Love. I love that. Boston trying to say it. Hey man, it's Sonic Tuesday. <laughs> very true. I can imagine one of us going, hey Paul, uh, we're going to call it Sonic Tuesday. I need a logo by Wednesday. Thanks very much. Cheers, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, if, you want it, if you want it done by Tuesday for Paul, you've got to ask him to have it ready for Monday. That's true. That's not why I say <laughs> Wednesday. Okay. Uh, question seven in Sonic Unleashed. What does Sonic become when oh, he's blasted boy. with Dr. Robotnik's Chaos Emerald Power Blazer? Um, Toby. I really don't know. I've written Shadow. What? Because I okay. can't remember how it happens at all. That's fair enough. Uh, Greg? He becomes a werehog, which is wrong. It's yeah. not. It's, it's right. But werewolf, <laughs> in Latin, were means man. So basically, he becomes a man Actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sonic the manhog. Yeah, it, should be, were- it should be wolfhog, really. Yeah. Would you see better? <laughs> sounds like a big gay bike. Edge wolf. Uh, Sonic the manhog. Mog for short, no? Mog. No, it sounds like a table. <laughs> sounds like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic <laughs> Moggy. <laughs> 
the the actual answer here is where hog and um boom can i have two points for being pretentious no 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 um <laughs> that's not how life works great <laughs> get minus hey, points I'd, for being I'd pretentious be a, i'd be a fucking millionaire I... okay uh question eight in the 1999 sonic underground animated series oh, sonic is part dear. of a band what instrument did sonic play uh paul i'll put the sonic guitar that's the he played the guitar, yeah. Well oh, yes. Oh, fuck. That's a touch, isn't it? <laughs> I knew his brother played the drums. And he was green. Yes, just assumed so. he was the lead. Therefore, he played the guitar. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the cool It's a good pun. It? I mean, I have literally, I'm not going to lie to you, I've literally wrote Sonic the Hedgehog for every answer apart from three. Did you write that into Google, you mean? No, no, I didn't need to write that into Google. I'm just writing Sonic the Hedgehog for every answer. You just <laughs> might get a couple of, a couple of them right. You know. Well, now I've got three right. I know that. <laughs> Okay, question nine. In what year was the original Sonic the Hedgehog released on the Mega Drive slash Genesis? Uh, 1989, 1991, or uh, okay, question 10. Which of these Sonic the Hedgehog spin-off games was released first? Was it Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Sonic the Hedgehog Spinball, or Sonic Eraser? Uh, Greg? I went for Spinball. That's incorrect. Oh, dang. I went for Mean Bean Machine. That's also incorrect. Damn, yes! I mean, <laughs> What the fuck is Sonic Eraser? So yeah, Sonic Eraser, it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Tetris, but like a little oh. bit like Bubble Bubble too, so... Well, Mean Bean Machines like all those old Bean games. So. Yeah, it's, it was one. Uh... Sonic Rage is one of the few games that hasn't been ported forward to well, anything because it, it looks wank. It, it, yeah, it, it doesn't. Yeah, it was uh, left in the past. More like, wank than so Sonic Boom. So many other Sonic games. Okay, then let's start up the scores and see how we got on. Yeah. Uh, let's start with Paul. Oh, you three. Really... <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I literally got three. <laughs> well, I'm glad you've stopped cheating, <laughs> <laughs> and you've been true to yourself. <laughs> so, I'm, I mean, you got Jim Carrey, yeah. Like, I've got Jim Carrey. I've got Sonic Tuesday, and I've got the guitar one. Well done, mate. Well done. Thanks, man. <laughs> I've got half a point for Toby. It's good. It's good. I, I, I know how. That, I know that feeling. I really do. Okay, <laughs> Toby, can you beat three? Yes, I got six. Six. Okay, Greg, can you beat six? I can by two more. Eight. Oh, Ross. Don't get eight, Ross, please. Uh, I got ten. Of course he did. <laughs> a little bit, uh, you know, a given, wasn't it? Well done, Ross. Very Thank nice. You. Including a guest on Sonic Tuesday. So I feel very good about myself right now. That's the one I actually only one I knew for certain. Is that because it sounds like how you say Tuesday? No. That's because Paul it's was a liar responsible for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well done, uh, Ross. Thanks, man. I really thought Greg was going to get 10 as well, the way he was going. I thought, how could I get a 10 and still lose? I thought that was going <laughs> to yeah, be my future. Yeah, was, was <laughs> I mean, like, um, what one stumped me? The Eraser one. Yeah, that was a guess um, as well, because I'd, I'd heard of um, Bean Machine and Spimble, obviously. Yeah. But I thought, I've never heard of Eraser. Bean Machine. Yeah. I thought Eraser was going to be like the Philips CDI games mm. that Nintendo did. but um, I just figured I was, I was so deep into Sonic at that point, and I'd never heard of it, so it must have been before. Um, guitar was a punt, and I completely forgot about Sonic Boom. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Anyway, well, thank you, Sean. That was the best quiz you've ever done. I know. (laughs) Until we do do the voice actors one. Uh, So, yeah, the topic, I'll I'll put up another poll before next time, Mm. um, which will take out Sonic and replace it with something else. Nice. I just just love the fact that we've done a Sonic quiz in Nintendo show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't matter anymore. They're all friends, aren't they? Yeah, true. Like the early 90s all over again. All right, then let's finish off with that this week. And out this week, we've got Party Horror 2 coming to Switch and PS4. Look out for my review of that uh, this week. Along with Kingdom of, Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning, which is just the worst title. Um, I believe don't, you have is... to, don't you have to say, like, Re-Reckoning like that? Re-Reckoning. You're going to wreck yourself. I believe Greg is covering this one. Greg is covering this one. Nice. I look forward to Greg's content on that this week. Greg is reviewing it. Oh. Sorry. Someone put Toby outside. <laughs> Toby's broken. Um, He's one of the old raggy dolls. September 8th also sees the release of Necromunda Under Hive Wars on Xbox. And Avicii Inventor, the Encore Edition, is coming to Switch on September 8th. I would tell you about a super fun competition we're doing, but by the time this podcast goes up, the competition will be over. So, never mind. Good luck on that if you have taken part. Uh, Star Renegade comes to PC and Linux on, on September 8th, and so does... Car X Drift Racing Online on September 9th. Uh, Bacon Switch is coming out September 10th to Nintendo Switch. And there's Baz's Bounty Battle, which is that indie kind of Smash Brothers-esque game, which has got a lot of cool different uh, indie characters in there. Um, bashing it out for indie fighting supremacy. September 10th also sees the release of Tamarin, which I'm not bitter about at all, coming to uh, PS4 and PC. I want to play it so bad. Why haven't I played it yet? It's not fair. Anyway. Oh, I did so much coverage for that game. Hotshot Racing is coming out on September 10th on PC, Switch, Xbox One, and PS4. You can see Paul's review of that this week. And uh, yeah, I've got a fun video to share with you when that game goes up as well. When that uh, embargo goes up on the 8th, which I believe is uh, Tuesday. So check that out. And Other Side is coming to Switch. We've covered Other Side, haven't we? Someone did. Yeah, Toby reviewed it. Yeah. yeah, it's coming to Switch on the 10th of September. And uh, yeah, that's your lot. So a lot of cool indies. Look out for... A good amount of them actually on finger guns uh, this week. And me probably crying because I didn't get a COVID tamarind and I'm very sad about it. <sighs> right. That does bring an end to this week's podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much indeed for listening. I know it's been a little bit different, but we're, gonna, we're trying a few different things uh, just to mix it up a little bit and make it a little bit more interesting for us and for you guys as well. But thank you very much indeed for listening. As I said, don't forget to follow us everywhere. You can follow our link tree in the description below where we are absolutely everywhere. You can follow our individual Twitter handles in the description below as well, except for Toby. He's smart and not on Twitter. So until next time, I've been Roscoe, and it's goodbye from Mr. Grey Kicks. Goodbye. Wow. Mr. Toby Anderson. Sayonara. Mr. Paul Collett. See you. And Mr. Sean Davies. Radok. Radok. Thank you very much indeed, everyone. Until next time, this has been the Finger Guns Podcast. Pew.